I'm Jo Chan Yan. And I'm Donna He, and we are two brand designers who met on Instagram and now we are great friends. We can't get enough about nurturing your brand and your mindset when it comes to building a conscious, vision led business. We love honest conversations and digging deep into the things that contribute to your path in making a positive impact in the world. Hello and welcome to the Brand Journey Podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode. Today we're going to talk to Joe. Well, I'm going to talk to Joe. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to ask her some questions uh, that a lot of these questions I've never asked before. So I'm, I'd love mm. to dive in and get to know you a little bit more and also for everyone else to get to know you a little bit more. So Yay. are you ready, Joe? <laughs> I am super ready for this and yeah, have been looking forward to this for the last few weeks because I went on a brief holiday. So yeah, super yes. excited to dive in. <laughs> yeah, me too. I know that you're in Melbourne. Melbourne, mm -hmm. how do you say it? Melbourne is the Melbourne. Australian <laughs> accent, <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> oh gosh, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but. <laughs> It's perfect. Have you lived there your whole life or did you move from another part of Australia there? No, I grew up, I was born in Melbourne and I spent, yeah, pretty much most of my life in Melbourne, except for a little stint overseas in Japan. Okay. And then are you an only child? Did, yeah. That, you told me, yeah. right? Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. How was growing up there? Did you have a lot of friends? Were you a pretty social little girl in Melbourne? How, mm. how was it growing up there? I always wanted to have more friends because that would mean that yeah. I wasn't spending all my time just playing by myself. But it also meant that I was very happy to spend a lot of time being alone as well. And I think that's where mm -hmm. my creative drive naturally came about because I would spend so much time just dreaming up new ideas of things that I wanted to do and little creative projects to spend my time on just because I didn't have anyone else to play with. I think I had a very active imagination as a little girl and I still do to the delight <laughs> and uh, horror for, of, for my boyfriend <laughs> who is constantly <laughs> surprised by the silliness that I bring to him. Um, but yeah, I, I think I really enjoyed this part of creative rumination, I would say. It, there was a lot of okay. contemplation. And I also grew up being very close to my parents. I still am very close to my parents, literally <laughs> close to them. Oh, that's that day, right. Just like five, five minutes. minutes down the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cute. I've never been one of those people to have like a million friends. Mm. Were you one of those people? Did you have like lots and lots of friends or do you, were you good with like a small group of like five really, really good friends? I think I was definitely much more comfortable in smaller group settings. Yeah, I, I have really close family friends that we would see pretty much every few yeah. weeks when I was little. I've known my one of my best friends since she was one and since when I was one. So we're the same age and we've known okay. her little brother since he was 
born, we would watch The Sound of Music every time we met up or some sort of musical, <laughs> and we would reenact different parts of Aww. the musicals that we saw. And that was so much fun. We, I remember one of our fondest memories was reenacting these scenes from this movie called Return to Oz, which is the sequel of The Wizard of Oz. Uh-huh, uh-huh, and have uh-huh, you yeah. seen this movie before? Like the Return no, to Oz? I haven't. It is scary. So it is <laughs> horrifyingly scary for children because there are scenes where there's the queen or the witch and she doesn't have a head. She keeps different heads in glass cages uh, or glass jars. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then she chooses a different head depending on her, what she wants. Like the the clothes that she would wear that day, she would also choose a head. Um, and I remember we reenacted this scene with, like, one of us being the head. <laughs> And it was just very bizarre. I think our parents would have been like, what are, you, what are these children doing in the house? But yeah, we were very imaginative as, as kids. Um, so they were like my kind of close-knit group of friends. And then, of course, I would have friends from school as well that I would also play with. Um, but yeah, it's really been small groups just because of my introverted nature, I think. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I think I had a similar experience too. And I know that your parents expected you to do a different career. Did they want you to go to school for a specific thing or sort of a specific industry? And then how did you make that shift from doing what they wanted you to do to something that was more what really was driving you personally? That was tricky, I think, with a lot of traditional families Um, And especially my parents working so hard and immigrating over from Hong Kong, they knew how hard it is to find stability and grounding as a family. And so they wanted that for me, a desire to learn and be excited about learning and excited about school was always drilled into me as a kid especially because my parents are both teachers. So they very much valued that even more. Yeah, yeah. And I would get homeschooled on the weekends when other children got to play outside. (laughs) (laughs) My mom would. Wait, you mean you went to school Monday through Friday and then you also had it homeschooled during the weekend? Yeah, so on on weekends. It wasn't as bad as in my memories. <laughs> I think I, was, I have really extensive memories of it. But I think it was just like an hour or so in the morning where my mother would make me do a few math problems or things like that, where I just got a little bit more exposure to problems that maybe she saw that I wasn't getting at school because oh, she was a math smart. teacher. She That's wanted, smart. yeah, she wanted me to do some extra problems here and there. So by the time I finished high school, they wanted me to ideally work in computer science or IT, something related to computers. Cause my mother was like, this is going to be an area that's, that's it's an industry that's oh going gosh. to really blow You're up. So this was kind of in the night, well, not in the nineties, but like early two thousands, but she had been seeing that trend in the nineties. So she was yeah. like, okay, it's really good to get programming or something like that because 
it'll be a lot easier to find work, right? And I didn't really take to computer programming or computer science. So I compromised and we decided on engineering. (laughs) Um, That was so practical. (laughs) So I did engineering and science. I did pharmacology. uh, So especially, so my course at uni was focused on pharmacology when it came to science and then chemical engineering for the engineering side and it was a wow. five-year double degree really intense what's um, chemical engineering that's a very good question so <laughs> <laughs> after five years I would say it's problem solving how a process in a industry such as food or manufacturing or anything that has a transformation of state from one thing, from ingredients to the final product, it's ensuring Uh that that process runs as effectively as possible, designing all the aspects of that process to maximize the productivity, to maximize its efficiency. I can now apply a lot of those problem-solving aspects to business because it's kind of like tweaking the same thing. Like what part of your process is not as effective as it could be and what would you tweak or change to make it better I wanted to really explore something that was creatively inspiring for me because I felt this huge rush of excitement anytime I saw something that emotionally moved me and that tended to be something that was visual whether it was film or Mm. whether it was looking at art or learning a little bit about graphic design at the time. And so I knew intuitively that I would regret not exploring this path and going directly from uni into work. My compromise with my parents at the time was that I would finish my degree, I would get a job related to engineering because I had spent so much time studying that, but I would also be able to do one additional diploma in design so that I could explore that side of what I wanted to do. As children of immigrants and an immigrant myself, Mm. like, yeah, that pressure of your parents looking for a better future and and more stabilities, wanting that for their kids to make sure that they don't have the same struggles or they go through the same things that they did. It can be a lot of pressure, right? Like to make sure you make them proud and that you do follow through and that none of the effort and the sacrifices are are wasted. So it just puts so much much pressure on our shoulders to make sure we do something that's meaningful and worthwhile. Mm. Yeah, I can completely relate to that. I think with the... With a creative field like graphic design or art, it's always like, well, what are you going to do with that? And how are you going to get a job? And how are you going to make money? And (laughs) is that going to be sustainable? Why did you choose design over something like art or film or Broadway? (laughs) I think graphic design for me felt like I could still use the problem-solving skills that I learned in engineering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was a link to finding a strategy or finding the solution 
to be able to get the best result possible. <laughs> and I loved that aspect of creativity because it just made me exercise both sides of my brain. Yes, yes. I was just going to say, it, it, it really does. It's a good balance of left and right brain. And I think yes. that's why I loved it too. Did you know what you wanted to do once you graduated with the graphic design degree? Like, did you know you wanted to do packaging or what were your plans? <laughs> I just liked pretty designs at that time and I just wanted to do similar <laughs> things. I didn't know anything about niching. We didn't get taught anything about business mm. when it came to our education for graphic design. We had a little bit of it around managing clients, but there wasn't a lot that helped us build those foundational steps after we got the degree. Did you think that you were going to start a business right away or did you feel like you were going to go to a, like a studio or an agency? With one year of a graduate diploma, I didn't feel like I had the skills as someone who had gone into a four-year course and done a bachelor's or a master's. I just felt like I was missing so much of that. And I think mm -hmm. that held me back from really going into design or really pushing that when I graduated from all my different degrees. So the point of least resistance at that point was to get a graduate job in food because I loved food and it was an engineering <laughs> position, but it was in logistics or the supply chain. Um, oh, and wow. it was, yeah, it was for Unilever and for ages, I wanted oh. to work in food. I wanted to understand how brands and marketing would work for such a big organization and company. Um, and at that time there weren't that many companies that were based in Australia, food companies of that scale. I was just instantly drawn to the idea or the, of how those companies were set up in such a way that they could manage lots of brands. So it felt like there was some chance for me to move into marketing, which was a little bit closer to yeah. design, a little bit closer to branding. Um, but I had my foot in the door with supply chain and engineering as as a graduate. Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. I wish we could see a glimpse into that alternative universe of Joe working <laughs> in the supply chain of Unilever <laughs> or becoming a chemical engineer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you're so passionate about a conscious lifestyle and fostering that into your, your life, mindfulness and overall self-development and growth. How, mm. I always love to ask people, I love learning the trajectory of people's lives. I'm always curious as how they get to where they are. How did you get into these interests? What led you to start caring about these kinds of things? I began feeling a little bit stressed when I went into the office in the morning, just because it was a big workload. There were lots of expectations. There was so many KPIs in terms of what we wanted to achieve. I felt that my sense of self and my sense of confidence wasn't really up to scratch. Like I just didn't feel 
great about myself moving into work. So I started doing meditation in the morning because I had heard that that would calm me down and just give me a grounding Uh energy before I could go into the office in the morning. And that actually helped a lot. It made me feel like I could detach from those pressures and expectations and actually find the things that I enjoyed about the work that I was doing. Over time, my mindfulness practice got more and more complex because I was like, oh, I could add in yoga or I could do, you know, a a smoothie in the morning. And I was reading up about like different smoothie recipes, different yoga positions, Mm. and then just getting very interested in this whole aspect of how mindfulness and our emotional well-being and our mental well-being could affect how we actually behaved and thrived in our lives. And just all the steps that I could take to make the most of each day and make the most of every decision that I wanted to make in my life. I would just make these little tweaks in my life over time. And it just made so much sense that the more aligned I was to my values and to that vision, the better, yeah, the happier I felt and the more confident I felt and the more opportunities I saw and the more positive my outlook was on life. So it really changed so much for me because I think during that period of two years, I went through so much transformation. I don't think I would go through necessarily such a big transformation spiritually again, but I just Mm -hmm. felt this energetic buzz in my system every day. And I was like, it's because I've cleansed my chakras. That's why I feel like this. (laughs) Um, But it was everything I was doing. (laughs) Um, And it eventually led me to quit my other job, the next job, even though I loved it, I ended up moving to Japan because that felt even more in alignment. And eventually I started my business as a result of all of the decisions to get further in alignment with who I wanted to become. I love that because you can really see it by you in not only integrating all of these things that you're learning, you're seeing the results and how mm-hmm. looking at what environment you're in and the kind of work that you're doing, how that's just like not Impact. fitting anymore at yeah. that point. And I love that you can see really the, the growth in you throughout that time, embedding all these things into your life. I think that's really cool. Mm. Were any of these things part of your your upbringing at all? Did your parents were they ever into meditation or would they did they instill any of these values in yeah. your upbringing? Yeah, absolutely. So my parents are from a Chinese background. They've always naturally used the principles of traditional Chinese medicine. So I I think a lot of Chinese children would remember that if they were sick, their parents would make them this like dark soup of like herbal, it's like a herbal bitter remedy soup. And my mom would be like, oh, this would fix everything. It would fix all your (laughs) pimples. She was always very like, it would fix your pimples and will make your hair really shiny. (laughs) Um, There was always this element of leaning back into the elements of traditional Chinese medicine. Mm -hmm. So that was just part of uh, the natural upbringing that I had, this openness to the fact that it wasn't always just Western 
medicine or Western medicinal practices, but it was always in conjunction with holistic Eastern principles as well. So yeah, my parents practiced Tai Chi and Kung Fu um, and Qigong. So they were very into the way energy was moving through our bodies and they would always be like, pushing down on their acupuncture points and acupressure wow, massages so nice. and things like that. Yeah. So it was really lovely in that way. Um, and so I think that was just, it, it came naturally to me because I had already been brought up around those concepts. It, it didn't feel unsettling. It felt right. very familiar and homely for me to go back to those things. Oh, it's so nice. <laughs> um, okay. What is something that you love, 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 love doing outside of your home? Love doing outside of my home. I think it, the highlight before COVID would have been the, the acting classes. I just got such a whoosh of ah! excitement every time I, I did those things. Um, but uh, also it would probably be going to a cafe and having a book or just working from a cafe. I just love that. It's such a nice ritual. So if I could have the opportunity to do it once we finish lockdown, that would be amazing. Speaking of food, you mentioned your partner, your boyfriend's Indian heritage. Mm -hmm. Is there a dish that you love that you learned about because of him that you didn't have the opportunity to try before? Yes. I think if I say this, he'll be like, ah, yes. <laughs> um, but it would be his dal. He makes a really good Aww. dal and it's just so soothing. And he makes it for me on the weekends. And Aww, we have so we have it for leftovers. My stomach does like a happy dance every time I eat it <laughs> because it's just it's so simple. It's wholesome. It's grounding. It's earthy. We we add ginger. He has this spice mix from his family's. I think it's his. Um, it's not a family recipe, but it's from the area that his family is from in India, uh -huh. which is Mangalore, and it's this Mangalorean spice mix, and it's quite spicy. I find it quite spicy. But it's really nice to grind up the spices mm. and oh, I love do it all ourselves. It's just that feeling of having fresh spice aroma in the home yeah. that makes me so happy. And just lightly pan frying it just to heat it up a little bit beforehand yes. is so, it, it's just so fragrant. And it just goes through all the cooking that we add that spice to it's really delicious so that. he makes it in such a beautiful way and he puts so much heart and soul into it and then Aww. I like adding a little bit of ghee to it but he's vegan so he doesn't add the ghee but mm -hmm. yeah and then just like a little bit of lemon on top yeah oh yeah. I love I would love to do like a tour on India just to try the oh, different foods too. the only problem yeah. is that I don't eat meat and I don't eat dairy. So <laughs> I know that there's some recipes that have dairy that are just so delicious. And there's a lot of really mm. tasty meat-based, but I know there's a lot of veggie ones too. So yeah, uh, I think that would be so, 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 so fun. Yeah. Do you eat any seafood or dairy? I mean, you have ghee, but... Yes. 
mostly vegetarian and I still eat fish, but I, I don't actually eat much meat these days. So mm-hmm. we do like a lot of vegan cooking in the house just because it's a lot easier to yes. eat together when we're, we're sharing a similar diet. But sometimes I do add fish into my part of the meal, whereas he would add tofu because of Hashimoto's um, soy is probably not the best for my oh, body. Really? So I would add a little, um, a little uh, fish as well. And then just like wakame or like nori, anything like seaweed mm-hmm. related is really good. But overall, I would love to continue moving towards more of a vegetarian diet and then eventually back into plant-based. Yeah, it's been similar to me where it's been very a really gradual uh, change over the years. And I think that has made it so much easier rather than just being like cold turkey, like stop eating this yeah. or that. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm still working on some of that stuff. Like we do have some salmon or sushi once in a while. Um, and then if there's pizza, I might eat some of the pizza. But I'm trying not to I try not to eat like um, buy dairy or, you know, order Mm. stuff that has dairy. But sometimes with the Indian dishes, I don't really know what's in it. I have to look it up and see what, Mm -hmm. just ask, you know, if there's dairy in it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of hard because we really do love ordering that sometimes. Mm -hmm. But um, speaking of Nori, (laughs) (laughs) Nori, your dog. Yes. (laughs) First of all, what made you want to get a dog? And then mm-hmm. how did you find Nori? What like how did you how she ended up with you? Well, she's so we, cute. She's really cute. And we found her on Gumtree actually. So we found um a family who had an accident litter of puppies and she, Nori is a cross between a Dachshund and a Border Collie. So they had the Border Collie mother and the Dashi father in the family, and they just never knew that that <laughs> could be a mix. physical possibility. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were like, this is never going to happen. So we don't have to worry about yeah. her getting pregnant. And she got pregnant. Oh, she was probably like the cutest puppy because she's, she's so like yeah. short and long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But she's she's taller than the normal Dachshund, um, right? But yeah, yeah. But she's still oh my really gosh. really cute and very like headstrong, but also quite timid as well. <laughs> I want one of those. I want a Dachshund, and I want. I really like the slick like black ones, but I also really yes. love the hairy ones. They're so cute. Yeah. Yeah. They're super cute. <laughs> okay, we're going to do some rapid fire yes. questions yes. to end our little episode. Not little, probably. Mm-hmm. Big episode about Joe. What <laughs> is the dessert you crave the most or a sweet thing you crave the most? The moment it's ice cream. We don't have any okay. in the fridge. so it's What kind ice of ice cream? cream? I really like it with like the choc chips. So anything, whether it's like peppermint with choc chips or like vanilla with chocolate chips yeah Yeah. okay what is your favorite way to drink your tea because you're such a tea not fanatic but uh, yeah 
Yeah. What's your favorite way to drink it? And what's your favorite type of tea? Ooh, I am very traditional in the way that I have my tea. So it's just like with a dash of milk. And then if I'm feeling extra fun, then I might add a little bit of sugar, like a little bit of coconut sugar into my tea. <laughs> what is your favorite way to start your Saturday morning? Um, coffee in the morning. Uh, so Jared makes a really good cup of coffee in the morning. Um, so we do that by the mocha pot and that's my favorite way to start the oh. morning. Do you only have coffee on the weekends? Yeah, yeah, at this stage. But then I am a little bit sneaky about it. So I do go <laughs> and get a, a coffee from like the local cafe every now and then during the week as well. <laughs> a little treat. <laughs> a little okay, treat. what is the fun, coolest or best purchase you've made this year? What I'm holding up is a Maison Balzac. It's like a water pitcher, but it also looks like a vase. And yeah. it comes in so many different colors. And this one is a light pink. It's almost like a light Turkish delight pink. Um, I love and it. I just love it. And it's so like, simple, but it's so, so pretty. Beautiful. Yeah. You could use it as a vase, or it also comes with a little glass. So you could use it for, yeah, as a, as a water pitcher. Or, yeah. What is your favorite thing to design? Logos, packaging, a website, social media graphics? Packaging because it encompasses the branding. Like the branding has to be there to be able to do the packaging in a way that works really well. It incorporates strategy, which I really love as well when it comes to intentional design. And it brings in my experience working in product and packaging development where I was doing that for a number of years in corporate. Awesome. Well, thank you, Joe. This was so fun to ask you all these fun. questions. I have so many more questions to ask you. <laughs> um, so it's always fun to like learn something new about you and um, especially like about your life outside of business and design there's never enough time to like dive there's in deep into <laughs> your past life <laughs> so <laughs> thanks for sharing with us and thank you for thank you. um answering all these questions yes. so i hope thank you so much i hope you all enjoyed thank you so much for the wonderful questions it's it was so fun to answer them. Um, and it was really lovely to take a trip down memory lane as well. Um, and thank you everyone for listening to this episode. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you all. We'll see you next episode.